Let us pray. Most loving and gracious God, we give you thanks and praise for this day. We pray that your Holy Spirit would open our hearts to hear your voice. Lord, may your word be spoken and your word received. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. After all of the encounters over the last several weeks that we've hear, heard Jesus have with a variety of different people, we get to the point where after Jesus answers them, they are uh, no one dares to ask any more questions. That they either, uh, we'd like to think, well, that's because they've clearly got it all figured out. Um, but I doubt that that's the case. But in any ways, he finally gets to that point um, where the attempts to kind of trick him or all the different things that were going on have come to an end. He's answered. And we hear some important things in this section of the Gospel where Jesus tells us about the greatest commandments, which they ask him, you know, which is the most important? We've got all these laws. 600 of them and change by this point that we're all trying to keep, which is the most important. And Jesus answers that we're to love the Lord our God with all our soul and heart and mind and strength. And the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. And no commandments are greater than these. And we think, well, that's good news, right? We know, well, Jesus distills all of these 600 rules and says, well, really, if you keep these two, then you'll take care of all of the rest. And we think, good, only two things to remember. And at first glance, we may think, all right, well, those sound pretty simple. And then we get into the dangerous temptation where we think, well, I can handle that and thereby I'll save myself, I'll declare myself righteous. But if, if you'd like to, we could, we could take a show of hands of who thinks they love the Lord their God with all their heart, all their soul, all their mind, and all their strength. Anybody want to stand up and say, nail that one? Got it down, no need for improvement. And if that wasn't enough, Anyone want to say they've completely nailed loving your neighbor as yourself at all times without equivocation and nobody would ever accuse you of otherwise? I will sit down. <laughs> you know, we're not going to say that. And so these two commandments that sound so simple, even those were meant to hear Jesus say, the law still can't save you because you can't do it yourself. That's what Jesus is trying to get us to understand over and over and over again. That the righteousness that we need, we're never going to get on our own. And that we get it only in and through Jesus and because of the free gift of the work that He has done. That is the starting point for everything. But as you've heard throughout the encounters of 
uh, Mark's gospel that we've had so far throughout the other gospels, you know, everybody's always asking, uh, well, what must I do? How can I get there? What work do I have to do? And Jesus over and over and over again reminds us, you can't do it. Which is the good news of the gospel, that God has done for us what we can never do. I don't believe it would be good news even if Jesus said, well, these are the two commandments. And we think, well, pretty simple. Go and do these perfectly, and then you will dwell with God forever. Then we should all be in despair, saying, well, even with two commandments, there's no hope. Because we can't do this. You know, by the time we get halfway through the day today, we'll have forgotten that these are the two commandments. And the person cuts us off and we don't love our neighbor as ourselves. And there's a long line at the store and we don't love our neighbor as ourselves. We don't think, well, go ahead. Anybody else want to go in front of me? I'll wait. Even halfway through the day, we can get going with our life and we've been here to pray in the morning and then we have a whole chunk of our day where maybe we haven't given God a second thought. I know that's easy for me to do. The calendar gets going. You go from one thing to the other. But we're supposed to love God with our whole heart and our whole mind. This is where we're meant to see. Try to do this. And we know we can't do it perfectly. Now that doesn't mean that God says, well, don't try to do this at all. Because you can't do it perfectly. We're meant to first and foremost understand what Jesus has done for us. That he does what we can't do. But then we are still called as followers of Jesus to try to allow the Holy Spirit to change and transform us each day that hopefully each day we get a little better at it and that God works a little more through us because our goal as a disciple is to be changed into the image of Jesus. That's the end result, that we would reflect Christ. And the good news is the Spirit does that work in us. So we don't just sit back and say, well, it's hopeless, there's nothing I can do, I don't have to try, Jesus did it, uh, I'll just be as nasty as possible to my neighbor and that's fine. That's not how we're to hear what the Bible's saying to us either. We are called to emulate Jesus, to, to be the hands and feet and voice of Christ with those whom we encounter. But we're also called to give thanks to God and recognize uh, we could never do this on our own. And thankfully, our righteousness, our ability to enter into the presence of God doesn't hinge on whether I can keep these two perfectly. Otherwise, I might have a good five minutes. But I, I, I wouldn't want to stand before God and say, well, I think I pretty much got it. You'll be happy with my report card on my own. You know, that, that's the freeing grace of the gospel. That God doesn't just say, well, here's these two big things, good luck. I know they're virtually impossible, and we'll see how you do at the end. I'll be waiting with my red pen to grade your paper. That wouldn't be good news. That's not freeing, that's just try harder. Try harder. Well, anybody tried to do something and not achieved it after the first hundred times you've tried? Probably everybody. It's just not that simple. Just try harder. You know, so I, I think today, 
we must give thanks to God for what Jesus has done. That He's the one, that's what the, the letter to the Hebrews was all about. And you can't do this. We heard that passage. But you have a high priest whose sacrifice covers everything. Who's now seated at the right hand of the Father to make intercession for us continuously. Whose spirit has been poured in us to lead us and guide us and strengthen us and teach us day by day. That little by little we would be transformed into the image of Christ until he returns again. That's the good news of the gospel. And then we should be so overjoyed with that that we go out and we tell other people that there's a loving God who's not an evil taskmaster piling on things that you can't do and then waiting to punish you for the things that he knows you can never do. But there's a God who loves you and gave himself for you, has already forgiven all of your sins, has taken the heavy burden and says, come to me and find rest. Come and be refreshed. Come and find mercy and grace and peace. And I will pour my presence into you to be with you, to lead you and guide you, and you will never be alone. And then I will return and raise you to an eternal life where creation is perfect and we will live together forever. That's the promise of God. That's the good news that should excite Christians every day, knowing that that's the reality that we have in and through Jesus. And may we give thanks today for who he is, what he's been done for us, and thank God that he doesn't just have that list of tasks for us to do, that he's done it for us, and because of what he has done, we too might live. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your sacrifice on our behalf. And we pray that the, the Holy Spirit might teach us day by day what it means to love God with our whole heart, what it means to love our neighbors as ourselves. And we thank you that through your sacrifice we are declared righteous and not on our own merit. May we be changed into your image and likeness and our lives be lived to your honor and glory. In Jesus we ask this in your precious and holy name. Amen.